And we have been in our series, Beloved Identity. This series has been amazing. Who has been blessed by this series? It has been so awesome because let me tell you what this series is doing. It's challenging our mindsets. It's challenging our thinking and it's challenging our hearts, you know? So it's just been amazing. And today's message is called The Finisher. Ooh, what's she going to talk about? Okay. <laughs> uh, we've been doing reviews every week, right? And I've been loving the reviews and also our connect groups. Give it up for connect groups. So we have our connect groups during the week. We've been reflecting on the messages and we've been doing reviews of every week, um, every week uh, for the following week. And let me tell you why it's been so awesome, because scripture says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So we need to hear this over and over. So you guys are going to notice that week after week, we're repeating the same scriptures. We're repeating some things because this is something that's new to a lot of us and it's breaking religion. And we need to really get this in our hearts. Yes. All right. So brief review. Uh, Romans 8, 16. That's kind of been our foundational scripture. So let's go there. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us. As he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved child. As we've been saying, as pastor's been saying week after week, beloved here means favorite. God is saying, you are my favorite. Sorry, there's like a glare on my iPad. I'm trying to get situated over here. Okay. God is saying, you are my favorite child. So no matter your past, we always say no matter our past, but we're going to go further and say no matter your present and no matter your future, no matter your pain, no matter your brokenness, no matter anything, God is still saying, you are my beloved child. You are my favorite. Amen. And this is very hard for some of us to believe. This was very hard for me to believe because a lot of us have always connected God's love for us to what? Performance and behavior, right? We've grown up that way. And when we do that, what's happening is we're stepping out of beloved identity and we're stepping something into Jesus died on the cross to end. And what is that? Religion, religion. And sometimes you don't realize you're in religion because it's like when I think back of some times in my life, even now, you know, we can fall it like it's not like, oh, we're so perfect and we're never going to walk in it. We just have to be aware of it. But I realized I was working to earn God's acceptance. And if I did a certain thing, or if I said a certain thing, or two things, or three things, I thought God was going to be away from me, and God was going to punish me. I grew up with that mindset of God is going to punish me. And that's, you know, I won't get into that, but that's part of my testimony of why I stayed away from God for years, because I thought he was, like, so furious at me because of some of the things that I had done. Because I was connecting his love to me with my performance and my behavior. He loves you as much as he loves Jesus. He loves me as much as he loves Jesus. So we've been defining religion. What is religion? A system of rules, regulations, and traditions we must fulfill through our effort, performance, and behavior in, in order to be rewarded and accepted by God. What's pastor been saying? Religion has one message. Try harder. Try harder. So we try and try and try until we get burnt out. And then we throw in the towel altogether because we think if we keep failing, what's the point? So let me just live how I want to live, right? Um, but let's see what Romans 8.15 says. Let's go there. Romans 8.15. And you did not receive a spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. But you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God. 
religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough? What does this mean that God accepts us already at full acceptance, no matter how low, how unqualified, how dirty you feel? This is where he meets you. He meets you at full acceptance. Does anybody remember that 90s movie, Dangerous Minds? I feel like I talk about that movie a lot. I guess I really loved it as a kid. But <laughs> Okay, so that movie, Michelle Pfeiffer comes to substitute for a class. And this class is kids that grew up on the street, have some unfortunate circumstances. No one's ever really believed in them, right? So when it came to school, they just did whatever. This teacher comes in, and on the first day, or maybe the second day, because the first day they gave her a hard time, she came back on the second day, and she said, you guys are all starting off with A's. You're starting off with an A, okay? Now, a lot of these kids were like, you're not for real. She's playing. You know, you better be for real, lady. You know, there was that one scene. So they didn't believe it at first, right? Just like how we don't believe at first that we're fully accepted. They didn't believe it at first. But then when they came to the revelation and realization that she was being for real, their priorities changed and their behavior changed because they wanted to keep the A. So they were studying more. They were going to the library and they were doing whatever they could to keep the A because they knew that she met them at the A. She met them at full acceptance. So that's what God is saying to us today, that once we get the revelation that we are fully accepted, then our behaviors, our decisions, you know, our emotions start lining up because then our behaviors and decisions and emotions will submit to the identity that we walk in. So we do it the other way around. We try to change our behavior first. We try to give us a list of things of not to do, but it's like, no. God is saying, you are fully accepted now. Get this in your heart, and everything else will fall into place. Don't worry about it. You know, God met me at full acceptance. I have a lot of stories, but I do want to share this. I was, years ago before I was married, I was in a highly physically abusive relationship. And in order to numb my pain, I was highly addicted to weed. And this wasn't just like, oh, I just smoked with friends. No, it was an addiction for me. You know, so I shared this. Everyone has their own journey. I'm talking about mine. I was very addicted to it. I did life with it, okay? And the reason why I say God met me at full acceptance, because I will never forget this night. I was sitting in the car, and I was smoking. And in the middle of me smoking, I was just sitting there just chilling, right? And I felt God's presence. I don't know how else to explain it. He didn't say anything. He didn't, nothing happened. I just felt his presence, and I just started kind of tearing but it wasn't a sad thing. It was just the overwhelming presence of God. And I put the weed down in the middle of smoking. I always say that because who does that, right? Like, it was in the middle. <laughs> and in that moment, I realized, I said, I don't want to be addicted to anything but what I just felt, which was the presence of God. He met me at full acceptance in that car. I will never forget that night. Let's go to Ephesians 1, verse 5 through 6. Thanks, babe. Um, <laughs> okay, Ephesians 1, verse 5 through 6. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace for the same love he has for the beloved Jesus he has for us. He loves you as much as Jesus. He loves me as much as Jesus. We learned uh, last week or a couple weeks ago that adoption in this culture is not the adoption we see today. 
The adoption we see today is someone from outside the family coming into the family to be raised by the family. The adoption in this culture was someone who was in the family the entire time, but they didn't receive their inheritance because they weren't spiritually mature enough to receive it, or they weren't mature enough to receive it. So what God is saying in this scripture is, you've always been my child, always, but you haven't been spiritually uh, mature enough to receive the inheritance of knowing that you're a child that is fully accepted. But we've always been his children. We've always been fully accepted. Always. That is the truth. This is the truth, okay? God sees us as his righteousness, meaning we are in right standing with God. Not because of what we do, but because of what Jesus did. And we've been saying, not because of who we are, but because of whose we are. And I feel like we, every time we say the statement that we are as righteous as Jesus, we got to read the scripture because that's, you know, that was like, what? Okay. So every time, Romans 8.30, having determined our destiny ahead of time, he called us to himself and transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called. And those who possess his perfect righteousness, he co-glorified with his son. You are as righteous as Jesus. So we're hearing this week after week, right? We're hearing this week after week. Do we have the revelation of this and do we believe this? Because let me tell you, there's nothing we can do to change the nature of God. God doesn't go from enemy to ally just because of what we believe. He is who he is. We are the ones that alienate ourselves from God. We are the ones that distance ourselves from God because of how we think and how we believe, right? So remember, he meets you at full acceptance, not about behavior and performance. So how do we move in this revelation? Because, look, we can hear this week after week. People used to tell me all the time, God loves you, God loves you. And, okay, that sounds great. That's cute. But it's like, that. was I walking in that? Was I really believing God? Like, was I really walking in God loves me? No. I had to get the revelation somehow. And this is what we're talking about today. So we say repentance is necessary to move into belief. And as we've learned, repentance is a repent, change your behavior. That's not repentance. When you look at the true meaning of repentance, it means change your thinking. It's not talking about behavior. It's talking about your mindset. It's talking about your thinking. So how do we do this? Again, if we think for the last four weeks that we've been doing this, if we think that we can get this revelation on our own through self-effort, we've missed it. And we've once again stepped into religion. And we've once again stepped into self-righteousness. So how? How do we do this? Let me tell you. Let's go to Romans 12 too. And uh, all my uh, scriptures I'm reading today are out of the Passion Translation. Romans 12, 2. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Let me say that one more time. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Don't ask me what my pronouns are. You get what you see. <laughs> but be inwardly transformed by the What? Holy Spirit, through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. The Holy Spirit 
is the one who empowers you to be who you are. The Holy Spirit is the one that empowers you to change your thinking and repent. The Holy Spirit is the one that will empower you to understand that you are fully accepted. And once you get the uh, revelation of being fully accepted, it is the Holy Spirit that's going to empower you to walk in this identity and to move in this identity and then live a beautiful life that is satisfying and perfect in his eyes like Romans 12 2 says only by the Holy Spirit so who is this Holy Spirit we say this all the time who's this Holy Spirit who is he well we have God the Father we have God the Son Jesus and we have God the Holy Spirit it's very simple y'all we make it complicated the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God that's who the Holy Spirit is <laughs> he's the Spirit of God John 14, uh, scripture, 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 sorry. John 14, 15, 17. L this is what Jesus is saying. Loving me empowers you to obey the commands. A lot of us don't have the obey commands issue. We have a love issue. He's saying loving me empowers you to obey the commands. I don't wall out on my husband because it's a commandment and I'm obeying it. I don't because I love him and it is that love that empowers me to do the things I do for him as a wife. Amen? So it's loving. It's love. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another Savior. Hold on. Don't get crazy. The Holy Spirit of truth, who will be to you a friend just like me, and he will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him. See, we, we, we reject what we don't understand. But you know him intimately because he remains with you and he will live inside of you. A lot of us have learned the Holy Spirit is our comforter, our counselor, our friend, which is all very true. All very true, obviously, right? But the Holy Spirit is so much more than that. So much more than that. He is the Spirit of God. He, not it. He is the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is another Savior. What do I mean by another Savior? Let me break it down before you get crazy. The Greek word Jesus uses here in John 14 to describe the Holy Spirit is, my husband says I say this wrong, parakletos. I'm going to say it with my Middle Eastern accent, parakletos, which is translated to mean defense attorney and one stand, the one that stands next to you as a helper, comforter, and counselor, and defender. Let's go a little deeper, though. The Aramaic word is paraklita, comes from two root words, prak, which means to discontinue and finish, Okay, lita means the curse. So to adequately describe who the Holy Spirit is in your life, the Holy Spirit comes to counsel, comfort, defend, and to end the work of the curse, to finish the curse, to finish the work of sin in your life. That is who the Holy Spirit is. Jesus died on the cross to free us from the guilty disposition of sin. Meaning no matter how you feel, feel, when you accept Jesus, verdict is not guilty. That's it. That's what Jesus did. The Holy Spirit comes to live inside of you to end the government of sin in your life. What do I mean by the government of sin? The Holy Spirit empowers us to live a life of being fully accepted. Finishes the curse of guilt. Because how many of us, if we're real, can we say that, We've accepted Jesus, right? We know we're saved. We have our eternity secured in heaven, but we live day to day in shame and guilt and condemnation. This is where the Holy Spirit comes into play. 
The Holy Spirit empowers us, helps us to live free from religion, to change our thinking, to know that we are fully accepted, to know that we are beloved. You are God's favorite child, again, not because of what you do, but because of whose you are, because of what he did. When we come across people, we don't got to tell them to change stuff up. You need to just let, first you get your revelation yourself, but you need to let people know they are fully accepted. That's it. You are fully accepted, and let the Holy Spirit do the rest. We're doing way too much of this in the church. People don't want to come to church because this is the number one place they feel like they are getting judged. This is the number one place where people need to come and, say, and leave out of here and say, I'm fully accepted. And then their behavior will line up. That's the Holy Spirit's job. It's not my job to change somebody's behavior. Let the Holy Spirit do the work. It's not even my job to save people. It's not pastor's job to save people. It's not your job to save people. You let people know that Jesus loves them. You let people know they are fully accepted. You let people know what Jesus did for them. And you let the Holy Spirit do the rest. So let's go to Romans 8, verse 9 through 10. Okay. But when the Spirit of Christ empowers your life, you are not dominated by the flesh, but by the Spirit. And if you are not joined to the Spirit of the Anointed One, you are not of Him. This line right here, so awesome when I found this. It says, you are not joined to the spirit of the anointed one. You are not of him. The Greek translation for this specific line says, if anyone is not joined to the spirit of Christ, he cannot be himself. Who you were created to be. I don't know. Okay. So verse 10, now Christ lives his life in you. And even though your body may be dead because of the effects of sin, his life-giving spirit, the Holy Spirit that comes to live inside of you, imparts life to you because you are fully accepted by God. I'm going to say fully accepted so many times through this message. Holy Spirit empowers us to be who we already are, which is beloved and fully accepted, which is favorite and fully accepted. So we've been reading Romans 8.15, right? You have not received the spirit of religious duty, leading us back into the fear of never being good enough, but you have received spirit of full acceptance. But I want to go one verse up, and I want to read it all together. So let's go to Romans 8.14 through 16. The mature children, adopted, right? Because we come into adoption when we reach the maturity. The mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. And you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. <laughs> but you have received the spirit of full acceptance enfolding you into the family of God. You will never feel orphaned. For as he rises, up, as he rises up within us, our spirits join him saying the words of tender affection, beloved father. For the Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us. As he whispers into our honest, uh, innermost being, you are God's beloved child. It is by the Holy Spirit that we will live in this revelation of full acceptance. You see, I'll speak for myself, but maybe some of you relate. We have grown up or learned in our journey with the Lord that the Holy Spirit is the one we call on when we just need counsel or help. So we're just living life day to day. Something goes wrong. Holy Spirit, where are you at? I need your help. I need some counsel. I need some comfort. Holy Spirit, please tell me what to do. The Holy Spirit needs to have complete lordship in our lives. 
The Holy Spirit needs to be in our every single day, every single moment communion because he lives inside of you. He's not just some spiritual spooky thing that churches have made that lives in the corner. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of God that lives inside of you. He lives inside of you. I feel like we say that and we're not like he lives inside of you. Okay. (laughs) The Holy Spirit, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the spirit of the Lord is not, there is self-effort, self-righteousness, and religion. The Holy Spirit is the curse finisher in you and through you. Okay, look, I'm not saying we're all going to be perfect, so let's give that waiver. I'm not saying that it's finished and I'm going to live this perfect life, but the Holy Spirit empowers you to not be governed by sin, right? The Holy Spirit helps you get the revelation of being fully accepted. And we said once you get this revelation that this is where God meets you, everything else lines up. Because, you know, when you know you're fully accepted and you know you're a daughter and a son of God, you're not going to want to put yourself in certain situations. You're going to know your value. You're going to know who you are. And you're going to say, you know what? I used to roll with you, but I'm not going to. I used to go there, but I'm not going to. Because you know that you are fully accepted and what God has for you. You start seeing yourself the way he sees you. So allow the Holy Spirit to live inside of you, to empower you by love, to see reform and transformation. And give the Holy Spirit liberty to move inside of you. Because once he moves inside of you, he's going to move through you. Our world needs believers to take their place. To take their place as with love, but with boldness. And I feel like we don't know how to do that. We just come off bold and judgmental. But no, let's bring in the love aspect. Because like I said, we let people know they are fully accepted. No matter where they are in their lives, everything else will follow. The Holy Spirit, I think he's smart enough to do the work. He don't, you know. He don't need us going up to someone and say, you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> so <laughs> last scripture. I'm, 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 you know, I got the 20, 25 minute messages. That's not, sorry. <laughs> I'm known for that. Okay. Ephesians 1, 13 through 14. This kind of just like seals it. And because of him, when you who are not Jews heard the revelation of truth, You believed in the wonderful news of salvation, what Jesus did, yes? Now we have been stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. He's given to us like an engagement ring as the first installment of what's coming. Because once you get the, once the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and you get the revelation that you're fully accepted, that's only the first part of what's coming. He is our hope, promise of a future inheritance which seals us until we have all of redemption's promises and experience complete freedom, all for the supreme glory and honor of God. And I feel like freedom here is freedom from religion. Religion will get you nowhere. I love when a lot of my kids that I work with ask me, are you religious? And I say no, and they don't understand. And I explain it, it gives me an opportunity to explain it to them, what, why I'm saying no. No, I'm not religious because religions is traditions, rules, and regulations, and performance. I have a relationship with Jesus. I know I need him. I know I'm imperfect. Because a lot of people think, oh, you go to church, you think you're holier than thou, and you think you're perfect. And I feel like this is the season, this is the time we're living in where we need to really crumble this um, definition of Christians, this definition of church. 
because the world needs us, especially our children. I'm not going to get into this. You guys know how passionate I am about that topic, but our children need us. Our children need us to take our place. Amen? So the Holy Spirit is your guarantee of inheritance, of full acceptance, is the guarantee that you have been adopted. He wants to finish the curse because he is the finisher. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just thank you, Lord God. You can stand to your feet. <sighs> Father, we just thank you. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. God, I know in your word you said it is better that I go because I'm going to send you another helper. And you are referring to the Holy Spirit. We thank you, God, that we can walk with the Holy Spirit day to day, that we can walk with you day to day, Lord God, that we don't have to feel guilt we don't have to feel condemnation, that you have given us the gift of repentance. Repentance is a gift. It is not a negative thing. It is a gift because God is saying, I'm giving you an opportunity to change your thinking. I'm giving you an opportunity to change your thinking. And once you change your thinking, everything else will line up, child. Everything else will line up, daughter. Everything else will line up, son. Father, we need you. We cannot do life without you, Lord God. We thank you for leading us. We thank you for giving us direction. Father, I thank you that if we go right when we were supposed to go left, that you steer us back on the path that we're supposed to go on, Lord God. I thank you that we don't make you or the gospel complicated. I always say this, the gospel, it's deep, but it's not complicated. It is not complicated, it's simple. So we receive you, Father God, and I pray that everybody under the sound of my voice will know, will get the revelation by the power of the Holy Spirit that they are fully accepted that that's where you meet them that no matter what they've done no matter what what they did yesterday no matter what they might do in the future that you look at them like you look at Jesus that you love them as much as you love Jesus that you meet them at full acceptance that we all have A's we all start off with A's so we just thank you father God and as everybody's heads are bowed and eyes are closed if you are in here or watching and you have never really said, you know, you've heard about God, maybe you've been in religion, but you've never said, you know what, God, I'm going to do life with you. I'm going to ride with you, but I'm going to let you be the driver. <laughs> if that's you or you want to just kind of say, you know what, God, I've been distanced, but I want to be close to you again. Because it says that the Holy Spirit, God, is closer to you than your breath. That's close. That's close, y'all. <laughs> that's really close. So if that's you, just kind of lift a hand just to acknowledge it. That's me that I want to get closer to God again, that I want God to be the driver of my life. I see those hands, praise God. There is a celebration happening in heaven right now because of you, because of you, believe it. Angels are rejoicing. Woo, so repeat after me, Father, I surrender every part of my life to you. I thank you, God, that you take the wheel. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you empower me to be who I am, to be the real me, to be myself every day of my life. I thank you for being my Lord. I thank you for being my savior. And I thank you for sending me another savior, the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.